We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. We're talking about faith today, and I ran across a cute story about a nun who worked for a home health care agency. And in one of her rounds, she absolutely ran out of gas. See, I'm not the only one that does that. Just wanted to let you know. So she starts looking around in her car for something that she can get some gas in, come back and pour it in and get on down the road. All she could come up with was a bedpan. So she took the bedpan, walked to the gas station, filled it up, came back and was pouring the gas in her car when two guys walked by. One of them said to the other one, now that's real faith. Matthew chapter 21 is our text this morning. Verses 18 through 22, Jesus, the story of Jesus, it says, Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it, found nothing on it but leaves, and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered, and the disciples saw it. They marveled, saying, How did that fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, These are the verses you need to hear, you need to underline them, you need to highlight them, you need to make them a part of your memory when you're talking about memorizing Scripture. Jesus answered and said to them, he's responding to their question, how did that happen? It makes no sense. It's against every natural law for that to occur. A fig tree doesn't just die in a day. How did this occur? Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, You'll not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Three keys we're going to talk about this morning from this verse of Scripture, highlight it from other passages as well. But I want you to notice Jesus said first, if you have faith. So we're going to talk about how do we have faith. And then he said, if you don't doubt. So we're going to talk about believing faith. And then he said, if you say, we're going to talk about speaking our faith today. That's in your outline. You have it before you. So let's look at what God's Word has to say. When we talk about faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, Now without faith it's impossible to please God. For those who come to Him must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And when you look up that word substance from the Greek, it means the foundation, what it's setting on. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Evidence can also be translated as proof, the proof of what we don't yet see. Romans chapter 12 verse 3, the Bible tells us that God gives to every man a measure of faith. So I want you to understand this morning, you can be a complete heathen in this room today. But if you will come to God, God will give you the faith required to see Him do something wonderful and miraculous in your life. It's not of you, it's of Him. Faith is a gift of God that He deposits in your spirit when you call on the name of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The only requirement to have miracle-working faith is to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So when you come to Him, He gives you the measure. Someone said, how much is a measure? It's enough. That's all I can tell you. It's enough. I don't know how much it is, but Jesus said, if you have faith just the size of a grain of mustard seed, marvelous things will occur. So it's not about the quantity. It's about the giver and the faith that He deposits 
in your spirit. He gives you enough to believe. You need to remember that. And then in Romans chapter 14, verse 23, Paul said, everything that is not of faith is sin. So you and I need to understand as believers, everything we believe, everything that we practice, everything that we embrace comes through the portal of faith. And if it doesn't come through the portal of faith, then according to the Scripture, it's not of God. And Jesus, with His disciples, even prayed to the Father that their faith fail not. So we understand how vital it is that you and I have a grasp on this elusive, invisible thing we call faith. Because it's the foundation for our very life. So let's talk about it. The faith that Jesus is talking about first comes by hearing. And we read that in Romans, in the book of Romans. Matter of fact, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, folks, you need to understand, Paul qualified it. He said, faith comes by what you hear. And what you hear that builds faith is the word of God. You can listen to 70s rock all day long, but it's not going to build your faith. You can listen to talk shows all day long, but it's not going to build your faith. You can watch all that nastiness on TV, but it's not going to build your faith. There is only one thing that builds faith in your heart and your life, and that's the Word of the living God. That's why I say to you on a regular basis, get in the Word, read the Word, study the Word, digest the Word, mark your Bible up and let passages speak to you. Let the Word come alive in you, and it builds faith in your hearts. Outside of the Word, there is no other thing... That will build faith. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the message of Jesus Christ. All that God has done for you and I. Most of you know that every book of the Bible speaks to Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, it reveals Jesus Christ and who He is. Matter of fact, in John chapter 5 verse 39, Jesus speaking to the Jewish religious leaders said, You study the Scriptures diligently. These are the very Scriptures that testify about me. Now, he was obviously referring to the Septuagint, to the Torah, to the Old Testament. And he's saying, these scriptures testify about me. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the Word of God in a broad sense. Remember that Jesus is seen in every single book of the Bible. In the Old Testament, he's seen prophetically. In the New Testament, he is seen historically. But he is revealed to you and I through the Word of God. That's why it's essential that we allow the Word of God to come into our hearts and into our lives. Acts chapter 14, there's a great example of this principle. Hearing brings faith. You can read it in verses 7 through 10. The story is of Paul and Barnabas being in the city of Lustra and Derby. And they're preaching the Word of God. And the Bible says there was a lame man, lame from birth, in the audience that day. And you can read it with me. It says, he listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, stand up on your feet. And at the man, that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Well, where did his faith come from? It came from the fact that Paul was preaching the Word of God. Somebody needs to hear me in this room this morning. If you've been going to a church that deals with social issues, that deals with political agendas, that deals with everything except the Word of God, you need to get out of that place. If you're going to be a believer who is strong and overcoming and victorious, you've got to saturate your life with the Word of God. Run from those who try to give you everything but the Word of the living God. 
Only the Word can change your life and build faith within you. I'm reminded some years ago, I had a group in Casas Grandes, Mexico, that's in the state of Chihuahua, over on the western side. We were building a church in that little old community. The community was hundreds of years old. And as we built the church physically, we did services every night as well. I always tried to take two or three preachers with me because I get kind of tired when I'm laying block all day and then have to preach every night. On this particular trip, I had the pastor of the American Baptist Church with me. If you know their doctrine, they believe that miracles have ceased. That was for the apostolic age. But he came with me. And he, he witnessed things he had never seen in his life. I remember the second night there, they carried a little old Mexican lady in on a kitchen chair and set her on the front row. And God touched her, and she went out carrying that kitchen chair home with her. Because faith comes by the Word of God, and the Word of God through faith always brings action and results. Every single time. So on Wednesday night, I'd already told Wade in advance because he needed to plan things out. I said, you're going to preach the Wednesday night service, American Baptist preacher. And I'll never forget in that service, a blind man came in with his cane, couldn't see a thing. And I'll never forget as I stood and I watched when Wade, faith suddenly came alive in him. He began practicing applying the Word of God, stepped out of his comfort zone, walked over to that blind man, Pastor Chris, laid his hands on him. I couldn't hear what he said, but I could see the result. And the result was those blind eyes open. He threw the cane away. He walked out without assistance. Why? Because the Word always builds faith. The Word builds faith. Folks, it's not about gymnastics and calisthenics in church. It's not about singing the same thing 97,000 times. It's about the Word of God. The Word builds faith. Can I just take a sidebar? I love our worship team. You know why I love our worship team? Because they lead us into the presence of God, and then they sit under the Word. Yvonne and I have been in churches where the worship team hangs out in the back or goes to some other place and doesn't participate in the Word. Let me tell you something. Worship needs the Word, and the Word needs worship. It all works together. Thank you, Tom and worship team. Thank you for being willing to listen and apply the Word of God. And that's free. Not even in the notes. That's just free today. We need to understand that the Word brings action. The Scripture says in verse 9 of that passage, Acts 14, the same heard Paul speak the gospel. He heard the gospel. He heard the word, and that brought change into that crippled man's life. It's clear that when the word was preached, it produced faith in his heart. Why? Because God has given every man a measure of faith. It produced faith in his heart, and he looked at that preacher, and when that preacher looked at him, he saw something was happening in the spiritual realm. Faith was rising in that lame man's body, and he said, rise and be healed. He saw that he had the faith to let God touch his life. Stand up on your feet, and he was instantly healed. So remember, faith always produces action. Hearing the word always produces faith, and faith always produces action. James goes on to clarify that in James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. Don't worry about putting all of it up there. I'm going to read something from uh, 14, 15, and 17 is all I need on the screen. It says in James 2, verse 14, what does it profit? And the Greek ophelio means what does it gain, or there is no gain to it. What does it profit if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? James is saying... Faith always has action. 
Faith always has legs. Faith always has intercession in people's life. Faith is always lived out and displayed. It's not something that's done in secret. And then he goes on to say in verse 15, if a brother or sister is naked, destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you don't give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? In other words, there is no gain. You can bless them. You can say, I'm going to pray for them. But if you have the ability to meet that need, your faith demands action. Oh, I love the way you're shouting now. Glenn and Beth, you know this is true. If you have the ability to meet somebody's need, that faith demands action. Otherwise, it produces no gain. It's void. It's empty. Let me say it this way. It's nothing but a hog trough full of religion. If it doesn't produce action. Verse 17 says, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Verse 18, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. That's a powerful statement. You see, faith should always be followed by action every single time. We should be doing what the Word tells us to do if we're people of faith. What's the Word tell us to do? It tells us to worship God and God alone. No other idols, no graven images, nothing before the living God. Teaches us to love our family. Teaches us to pay our bills. It teaches us don't get drunk and don't get high on drugs. It teaches us to abstain from sexual immorality. It teaches us don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, don't covet. And it teaches us if you have a brother in need, then meet the need if you have the ability to do it. That's the responsibilities that come from the Word of God. The Word of God says, honor your father and mother. The Word of God commands with promise when we do. The Word of God says, don't worry, don't fear, don't fret. Don't stop going to church. And thank you for being here this Thanksgiving weekend Sunday morning. I appreciate the fact that you chose to roll out of bed with your turkey hangover and make it to church this morning. Amen. Thank you for being here. Bring someone with you next week. You see, when we hear the Word, it always produces faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Just like the lame man in Acts chapter 14, it produces faith which produces action. That action, actually, action could actually be defined as God intervening in a human moment. God intervening in a human moment. That's what faith with action pr- provides. It, makes, it causes God to intervene in a human moment. When we don't have an answer, when we don't know which way to turn, real genuine faith produced by hearing the Word of God lets God intervene in a human moment. In a place of need, in a place of crisis, God comes in and God comes down. So hearing produces faith, just like it did with the lame man. So can I challenge you right now? Take time every day to open the book. It doesn't matter if you do it at the morning, if you do it on your morning break, if you do it at lunch, if you do it before you go to bed. All that matters is you take time to spend in the Word every single day. Why? Because the Word produces faith. And faith produces action. Faith opens the door for God to do something miraculous in your heart and in your life. But it all starts with the Word. Are you with me? Do you understand? It's all about absorbing the Word of God. We hear the Word of God by reading it. We hear the Word of God by listening to messages. We hear the Word of God by playing it over and over in our CD player on the way to work. There's a multiple way of hearing the Word of God. Someone said, well, you know, I can't carry my Bible to work. 
I got news for you. You don't go anywhere without your phone. I've noticed that. I've had to turn around and go back because somebody forgot their phone, and we just can't live without that electronic leash. Well, you know what? You can download a version of the Bible on your phone, and it doesn't matter where you're at or who you're with. They may think you're looking at Facebook when, in fact, you're reading the Word of God. Oh, come on. Don't allow such restraints to keep you out of the Word of God, but read it every day. Even more than that, you need a plan, systematic plan of reading the Word of God. It's not helter-skelter. The Bible is laid out in a very concise and precise way to encourage you and me. You know what I do? I read two chapters in the Old Testament every day. I read three Psalms and one proverb and two chapters in the New Testament every day. It gives me a balanced diet of the Word of God. It lets me build my faith historically and prophetically all at the same time. It allows me to say, when things aren't going well, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually dwell in my mouth. Where did I get that? I read it in the Psalm. Oh, come on, somebody. Be systematic in your reading and studying of the Word of God, and let God give you a balanced diet. You know, I'd love to eat Dr. Pepper and Snickers all day long, but I would be in bad shape if I did. You've got to have a balanced diet of God's Word the same way. So allow God to give you that balanced diet and allow Him to speak to you through His Word. And every time you read the Word, may I make a suggestion? Write this down. You need to first pray Psalm 119, verse 18. The psalmist said, open my eyes that I may see the wonderful things in your law. Every time you open the book or pull it up on your phone or your iPad, you need to be praying, God, open my eyes so I can see the wonderful things in your law. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're running low on faith, it's time to get back in the Word. If you're filled with doubts, it's time to get back in the Word. If you don't know what to do, it's time to go back to the Word. Oh, somebody, be a people of the Word. Be a people of the Word. Because when you are, faith arrives in your spirit. God produces faith in you, and that faith brings action. Number two... Faith that moves comes by believing. Believing, that's what Jesus said, if you believe. You see, it's not just enough to read the Word. We have to believe the Word as well. We have to understand that every promise in the book is mine. Every jot, every tittle is inspired by the Holy Ghost. Everything that God wants us to do comes through that Word by faith when we choose to believe it. So there's a lot of folks in the world of religion that have a head knowledge, but they've never taken what they know and deposited in their spirit into a belief. Never forget the kid I went to Bible school with. We spent four years together at Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, studying theology. He graduated and took a small church in West Texas. I graduated and went on the road as a traveling evangelist, did that for three years. After about a year, he scheduled us for a revival. And back then, revivals went Sunday through Friday or sometimes two weeks long. It was never a one service or a two or three day. It was extended. And on the Tuesday night in that West Texas town of Hereford, Texas, that little guy I went to Bible school with wrote some of the amazing papers, some of the best sermon outlines I'd ever seen in my life in Bible school, responded to an altar call for salvation. Now, how could that be? How could somebody with such a grasp of God's Word not even be saved? Because he had a head knowledge, but it never translated to his heart and his spirit. 
It happens every day, all day long. We need to understand it's not enough just to hear. We also have to believe. We put faith into action and we believe what God's Word has said to you and I. God's Word has to go beyond simple knowledge, beyond the intellect, and it has to be deposited in our spirit to bring change to you and I. Why? Because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. God wants to change your heart so He can change your behavior. Change your heart so He can change your attitude. Change your heart so He can change your future. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have to believe, assimilate, take inside of us the Word of the living God. It's got to be more than intellect. It's got to be stuff we hang on to. Hebrews 4.2 illustrates this point. When the writer says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Remember what profit means? Does not bring any gain. It's of no gain. Did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So he's telling us very clearly, it's possible to hear the Word of God, but if you don't allow that to mix with faith and be deposited in your spirit, no change is going to occur in your life. You can hear the Word of God all day long, but until you deposit it in your spirit, apply it in your heart, change will not occur. Faith comes only if we hear and if we believe what God has said. Trusting that God means everything He said every single time. Listen, there's all kinds of religious debates, theological debates, about portions of the Scripture that may not be inspired. I've got news for you. I settled that issue a long time ago. It's not up to me to say this is or this isn't. It's up to me to say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. You wonder why we're having so much trouble in churches today, while churches are weak as iced tea, dead as fried chicken. Why is that happening? It's because we've stopped believing the Word of God. We choose to pick and choose those things which apply to our natural man, rather than allowing the Word of God to change our heart and transform us into living creatures modeled after Jesus Christ. Amen. There should be no debate in the church about what's right and what's wrong. No debate in the church about is it right to kill an unborn baby. We should all know that's wrong. Come on, folks. We need to understand. It's clear. It's obvious. It's evident. When faith is believed in our spirit, we can take it to the bank. We can build on it when we begin to apply and believe God's Word. You need to understand Jesus gave us clear promises. He said, everyone who believes will be forgiven. He said, by my stripes you are healed. He gave us the promises of eternal life. Reminds me of the preacher. The church reminds me of the preacher in Florida who said, you know, I have a hard time drawing a crowd and keeping and building the church because the winters in Florida are so nice, nobody's interested in heaven. And the summers in Florida are so hot, nobody's afraid of hell. We need to understand the word needs to be applied into our hearts and to our lives, standing on the promises of God. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You don't allow doubt to creep in. That's what Jesus said in our text. Without doubting, no doubt whatsoever, no doubt creep in. Because when you believe, you receive. James 1, 6 and 7 says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea being blown and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's a powerful statement. 
If you doubt, you shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. See, God's Word is true. It's 100% verified. He never fails. That's why I love that song, Do It Again. It tells me, even if I'm living between the promise and its fulfillment, I can stand on the faithfulness of God because God is always faithful even when I am faithless. God never fails. So we hear the Word of God, they have mountain-moving faith. We believe the Word of God. And number three, we need to speak the Word of God. Can I tell you, some of us need to change our conversation. Some of us need to change the way we talk. And that all starts with believing the Word, depositing in our heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we need to change the way we speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Paul was quoting the Old Testament, and he said, when we choose to believe and speak the Word of God, we have the same faith that Noah had, we have the same faith that Moses had, we have the same faith that Abraham had, we have the same faith that Joshua had. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying? When we choose to hear and believe and then speak, God does great things. God does great things. Apostle says we have the same spirit of faith that our biblical heroes have when we speak it out in faith, when we declare it through our spoken word. There is immense power in spoken words. Can you say amen? Immense power when we put it out there in the atmosphere. Look at John chapter 11. Jesus had gotten a message three days previous that his friend Lazarus was sick. But he didn't immediately go to Bethany, he waited. And when he got there, Martha, Lazarus' sister, came to him and said, if only you could have gotten here sooner, he wouldn't have died, but now he's dead. What she's saying, she's saying, there's not a thing you can do about it. You see, Martha defined Jesus by her religious intellect and knowledge. She didn't understand this is the Son of God who can do anything he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. Do you understand that? He can do anything he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. So Jesus took him to the graveyard. And notice in John chapter 11, he didn't just mumble a prayer. He didn't pray silently. The Bible says, with a loud voice, he cried out, Lazarus, come forth. He was speaking that into existence by faith that was in his spirit. Oh, come on, folks. I'm not telling you you can speak a million dollars into your bank account or you can speak a new car into your garage. But what I am telling you, you can take the word of God. You can memorize its promises. And in the face of adversity, in the face of trouble, when the devil is fighting against you, you can speak the word of God and it's powerful and effective. That's why I can say to you, I know where the enemy's at, and he is never up here. He is down there. He is under my feet. Because Romans 16, 12 says, And shortly shall the God of all peace bruise him under your feet. Aren't you glad there is power in the spoken word of God? Oh, I can tell you this morning that when there's not enough money to pay the bills, I can come back and I can look at the promise and the promise says give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing shall men give into your bosom. That's the promise of God. When I'm sick and I don't have an answer, 
I can stand on the promise of God because Peter said, by his stripes, you are healed. It's a done deal. I can stand on the promise of God. Oh, come on, folks. Get it in your spirit. It's time to speak the word. Not all the negative thoughts, not all the doubting, whining, and complaining. Not all that's wrong in the world, but speak the word over your life. Speak the word over your circumstances. Speak the word and let God do something great. I didn't plan to tell this story, but I'm going to because it fits. Wednesday night, Yvonne and I were on the way to West Palm Beach to see her daughter for Thanksgiving. We're on the Florida Turnpike between Orlando and I-95. And that old motorcycle has a flat on the rear tire. You don't carry a spare on the motorcycle. You know that, right? So we pull over to the side of the highway. It's 1030 at night. I call a tow truck. We'll be there in 30 minutes. Wonderful. 30 minutes passes, 45 minutes passes. I get a call back. There's been an accident on the turnpike a few miles from you. All the tow trucks are going to be tied up clearing that accident. Well, this is about 1130. Well, surely it won't be too long. Surely there's more than a couple of tow trucks in this area. You know, thinking positive. At 1 o'clock in the morning, we still don't have a tow truck. Nothing has happened. I look at Yvonne and say, are you afraid? Not as long as you're with me. I love that line. Never forget that. I'll never forget it. And God dropped it into my spirit, reminding me, rejoice when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And I'm thinking, God, you're not very nice. I don't like this very much. I've got all the patience I need right now. Long story short, we finally got picked up off that highway and taken to a motel on I-95 at 7.30 Thursday morning. We spent the night on the highway. And all that time, we're just kind of thinking, wow, this is the wildest thing we've ever done. My wife had never camped out alongside the Florida Turnpike before. Great experience for her. Expanded her faith. Several of you said to me this morning, did you learn anything? I learned I'm not going to take her with me on the next road trip. She told me that, so I learned it, all right? Are you getting rid of the motorcycle? No, I've got a mandate on my life. Why do you have a mandate? Because God's called me to do the Hoka Hay next July. It's 10,000 miles in 10 days. It's a missions trip to raise awareness to the plight of the Native Americans. And yes, I'm going to do it. And the devil and every henchman is not going to stand between me because I've heard the promise and I'll see it fulfilled. Come on, folks. When things get tough, we are tempted to give up. We're tempted to give in. It shouldn't be this hard. Do you remember who you're following? You're following a guy they crucified for living a sinless life. You're following a guy they crucified for healing the sick and raising the dead and open blinded eyes. Listen, Jesus said, if they oppose me, be assured they're going to oppose you. But I've got news for you, he said... Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Stand on the promise. Speak the promise. Believe the promise. And let God do something great in your life. Jesus illustrated that at Lazarus' graveside. He taught us to speak the word of faith, to say what we're asking for. To say what we're asking for. I believe silent prayer is wonderful, but I believe spoken prayer is greater. 
Why? Because every time I speak my prayer, I'm serving notice on the enemy that I'm following a living God who is well able to deliver every situation into my hand. I'm going to speak it out and declare it. I'm going to speak it out and declare it. So the Bible teaches us three simple ways to have mountain-moving faith. By hearing the Word of God, study it, read it, hear it preached and taught. Believe the Word of God. Don't doubt. Don't waver. Trust the God who, according to Titus 1, 2, never fails and never lies. And number three, speak God's Word. In faith, in the situation you are facing, speak God's Word. I assure you, it doesn't matter what you're going to face. There's an answer in the book. There's a promise already addressed to that situation. All you have to do is find it. Claim it, speak it out, and watch God do a great thing in your heart and in your life. Luke chapter 31, or chapter 1, pardon me, I'm kind of moving into the next week, but I want you to hear this. Verses 26 through 28 tells the story of the angel Gabriel appearing to the young virgin Mary. He announced to her that she would conceive a child by the Holy Spirit. That's in Luke 1.35. And that child would be the Son of God, Luke 1.32. And the Bible says Mary heard God's word from the mouth of the angel, and she believed God's word. And in verse 45 said, Blessed is she who has believed the word would fulfill his promise. And she spoke what she believed in verse 38 when she said, Be it unto me according to thy word. Oh, do you understand? If you speak the word and live the word and believe the word, hear the word, then you can say, Be it unto me according to your word. Why can I say that? Because he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Why can I say that? Because he says, I'll give you your daily bread. Why can I say that? Because he said, I'll give you the power to overcome every temptation. Why can I say that? Because I serve one who heals the sick and opens the eyes of the blind, who raises the dead. I serve one who does impossible things. The disciples said, how in the world could that fig tree wither in a day? That is not natural. Can I challenge you to have the kind of faith that's not natural? That enables you to look at situations to which you see no answer, but stand and declare, I still know my God is able. I still know my God will honor His promise and His word in and over my life. I'm going to hear the Word every day. I'm going to read it. I'm going to listen to other preachers. I'm going to listen to other teachings. I'm going to hear the Word every day. I'm going to believe the Word in every situation. I'm going to believe that God has an answer and a promise that applies just to me in every situation. And then I'm going to speak that promise out over my life. And I'm going to declare what a good and a mighty and a wonderful God I serve who has never failed me, never forsaken me, never sold me short, never given me up into bondage. A God who always delivers, always saves, always provides because He's faithful. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You're in this room this morning. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's really where I began today telling you that in order to have faith that moves mountains, you first have to accept Christ as your Savior. You have to know Him and acknowledge Him as the forgiver of your sins and the Lord of your life. You can't even begin to apply this message today until you know Him as your Lord and Savior. 
So right where you're set, you're saying, I don't know Jesus. I've never asked him to forgive me of my sins and to change my life. I can't say that he's my Lord and Savior. But I want to be able to. I want to know that there is a God who loves me and cares for me, who will never leave me or forsake me. I want to know there is a God who provides for me, who knows the number of the hairs on my head. I want to know that kind of God. That's you this morning. The Holy Spirit's been talking to you throughout the morning, throughout the service. This is your opportunity to respond. By raising your hand right where you're set, you're saying, pray for me, because I want Jesus to come into my life. I want Him to forgive me of my sins, change me, transform me. As I wait just a moment, that's you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Others, as I wait just a moment, that's you. You want God to come into your heart and into your life to forgive you, to cleanse you, to change you, to make you a new creature. A new man, a new woman. So wait just a moment. You'll join these who've slipped up their hand. Anyone else? So wait another moment. David, would you come this morning? Corinne, please come. Stand your feet with me across this room today. Those two who raised their hands, as everybody is standing, I want you to come and join David and Corinne right down here with me. We're going to pray for you. God's going to do that work in your life. So step out and come right now. You want God to do that work in your life? Step out and come. Let's ask him to do what he's promised to do in you this morning. Don't wait for anybody else. Yes, that's it. Come on, young man. Let's make him feel welcome this morning. Come on. Let him know God in heaven is rejoicing. The angels are singing because he's coming to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and as a Savior. Yes, sir. Come on down. Yes, sir. Come on. Let's join. Anyone else? You want to join these? You're welcome to come right now. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come right now. David's coming right down here. Stand right here, gentlemen. Look at me. I'm going to pray for you then David's going to give you more instruction. Would you simply bow your heads with me? Pray this prayer with me out there, will you? Please, dear Jesus, pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to make me a new person today. Wash away all my sins. Change my life. And to make me a child of God. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. If you prayed that prayer in faith, God heard you. He's responding to you. David and Corinna right here, I want you to turn and follow them. They're going to get a little more information, give you more instruction, and pray with you personally. Go right there with David and Corinne. Come on. Let them know we're delighted. They're now part of the family of God. Amen. You're in the room this morning. And you're living between the promise and the fulfillment. And you need God to encourage you today. Then I'm going to ask you as Tom begins to sing this great song. Step out and come. We're going to pray with you. We're going to pray for you. Because God will do it again. If that's you, just step out and come. We're going to pray together this morning. Sing it out, Tom. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. 
For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com. <laughs> 